it's always a great pleasure and um i'm i'm humbled every time the the i have the opportunity and uh count it a privilege to be able to do what god has called called me to do um and everything and as i was getting ready for tonight uh been kind of working on it for a little while and kind of going back and forth in different directions on what exactly he wanted me to speak on tonight and um even up to about one o'clock this afternoon still going back and forth between ideals uh and everything but i hope it's okay with you tonight i'm going to speak from what i feel like god has put on my heart tonight and everything uh um, and so I can promise you it is not well polished, so don't uh, look for perfection. Uh, <laughs> so, but I really do believe uh, God has something in store, not because of who I am or what I'm doing, but because he wants to make a difference in our lives um, and everything. So I'm going to start off with a story tonight. There was this uh, man that was well well off, done, done really well in his life. He had a job um, providing for his family. He had one son. And uh, where he kind of worked was up on the side of a hill on a little creek bank. And uh, basically his job was to watch out for boats that was coming through. And uh, when boats came through, he had to raise the bridge. That way... Uh, the boats could go through without tearing down the bridge. Well, a few times as a good father, he was always trying to teach his son and spend time with his son that he would take his son uh, to work with him. Kind of just show him how things worked uh, on his job and, and things like that. Well, one day, uh, the father got up and went to work as always. He didn't know his son was going to be coming to work with him, but... His mom kind of sent him along after uh, dad already got there and he was going across the bridge and a boat was coming. And of course, as he was about to uh, pull the lever to raise that bridge, he noticed his son was on that bridge. And so he had a choice. He could either pull that lever, which would have caught his son and killed him instantly, or leave it down for a son to come across and kill everybody that was on that boat. He probably had the hardest decision he ever made in his life up to that point. He sacrificed his own son so that others may live. I have been blessed. Biologically, I have two great sons, a great daughter. I've been blessed to be able to foster parent. I think right now we're at 54 in three years. And if I was ever in that point to have to give my own son or my own daughter, it would be a hard choice to give. But this dad... He didn't even think twice. He knew what he was losing. He knew the heartache that was going to come. But he willingly 
gave his own son for every person on that boat. That's what God done for us. He gave his son that we could live. And you know, he's preparing a place for us. He's adopting us into his family. And he doesn't care about our past. He doesn't care where we've come from. He doesn't care about those things. All he needs is you to say yes to him. To accept him as your Lord in Jesus Christ. And he's there to change your life. Got some quick statistics and it kind of ties into uh, foster care a little bit. And of course, uh, Ken knows these figures as well as anybody in here. But it kind of just kind of, kind of, proves a point to us right now and this is just in the state of arkansas as of the second quarter of 2017 there was over 5,129 kids in the foster care system here in arkansas and i promise i'm not trying to promote new beginnings or foster care in general i'm not trying to get you to sign up tonight now if you want to i'm sure we'll we have a place but anyway so there was over 5,000 kids in foster care by the second quarter of 2017. How that broke down is 19% of those was between the ages of 0 and 1. 24% was between the ages of 2 and 5. 20% was between the ages of 6 to 9. 16% was between 10 to 13. 17% was between 14 to 17. And 4% was 18 or above. These are kids that come in for all kinds of different reasons. 57% of these kids came in due to substance abuse, drugs, alcohol. 53% came in of neglect. Parents wanting to do what they want to do. And 19% Came, uh, came into care because their parents went to jail. Every one of those kids that are in care needs someone to love them, to care about them. But guess what? They're not the only ones. Each one of you here tonight are an orphan. You may not believe that. You say, you know, I was raised by a good family. I, ha I had a good mom and dad. That's, that's good. But you're still an orphan. Because guess what? God knew you before you was even born. He created you. And all He wanted you is to accept Him. He loaned you to your parents for a short time. But you're His. He's preparing a place for you right now. Imagine the Bible tells us. And all we have to do to receive it is to accept Him and to follow His guidance, to follow His ways. Now, for most of you in here, that part of the message is, I've heard that all my life. I've accepted Jesus Christ, so why are you telling me this? 
Let's move on to the second part for tonight. What are we doing with that knowledge? Let's look over in uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke, Luke chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 1. It said, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the uh, grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing, doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered into the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is what is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogues and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and uh, the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and he stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the, the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy it? He looked around at all of them and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus you know Jesus was doing what he was made to do and because of the priest and of this time they had in their mind because the Lord rested on the seventh day after created the earth that's what we all got to do we can't do nothing on the Sabbath Now, yes, we are, we are a busy culture. We, we, we work day in, day out. And we have to have time to relax and to get our bodies in shape. Otherwise, we wear ourselves out. But at the same time, we are still to be about our Father's business. We are sh to be sharing the gospel to every man, woman, child. We should be telling the truth. We should be witnessing. It's not just for the pastor and the pastoral team. It's for everyone. But everybody's like, well, I've got to rest sometime. I work my job 40 hours a week. I've got to have my weekends free. I can't go up to the church and help build. I can't go up to the church and help paint. I can't go up to the church and help do a community outreach. I've worked all week. Yes, we all need our rest. We all need relaxation. 
but we also got a lost and dying world around us. And Jesus so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus went to the cross for you. He also went to the cross for your neighbors. He went to the cross for the people down the street. And our society has gotten too relaxed in our bubbles. Especially here in Arkansas where you can find a church on every corner pretty much. You hear people say, well, if they wanted to go to church, they would find a church. Well, that's true, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that say if someone would ask them to go to church, they would go to church. So where, where are we in the middle? Are we trying to do that? Are we trying to invite people to church? Or are we saying, oh, I'm too busy during the week. I can't, I can't go next door and talk to somebody. Or I can't say hello and talk to somebody at the gas station. There's orphans all around us that needs that adoption. That needs to know the greatest father figure that's ever, ever have been. I know in my life, I still got a lot of growing to do. I still got a lot of changing to do in my life. I look at my kids on a daily basis and I just, I break down because I'm wondering, am I being the best dad I possibly can? Where can I change to be even better? When they hurt, I hurt. So I can imagine how God feels when I'm broken. When I fall into temptation when I shouldn't. I know how discouraged I get when James throws an attitude when he knows not to do that. It's not that I'm angry at him, it's that I'm kind of disappointed in him. God feels the same way when I get an attitude. He's disappointed because he knows, he knows what he wants from me. So where are we truly at tonight, church? Are we a church that truly loves our community? Are we a church that truly loves the people around us? Or are we just going through the motions? Or are we one that just wants all the blessing without the work? Let me tell you, church, if that's you, that's not the way it's supposed to work. God's going to bless the ones that are working diligently for Him. He's going to bless the ones that are selfish. Not selfish. Not selfless. I'm getting tongue-tied. There we go. Thank you, Ken. But he wants somebody that knows it's not about them. 
There's a song that has really been on my heart for, oh, about two months now. And I'm sure the kids in my home is probably sick of it. But it has really ministered to me so much by Dave, uh, David Crowder, and it's all my hope is in you. Because I've been learning a lot of things over the last two, three months. One thing that I, I was kind of looking at teaching on tonight was how patience and faith goes together. And by your faith, it grows your patience. Some of y'all may already said, well, that's, that's old news. But to me, that was something that really hit hard to me this couple of months. I even sent out a text message just the other day thanking a person for growing my patience. And it wasn't to be negative. It wasn't to be hard. It was just truly, truly saying thank you for helping me to grow my patience. Because there was incidents I was going through where I was getting really stressed out about things. I was getting so caught up with day-to-day -day routines and how it got thrown everywhere because it's not my routines. God will send things to try you, to grow you spiritually, to see if you really trust Him with everything. It's one thing to sing the song, all of my hope is in you, but is it really? When the tough time comes, when the, when the pressure of work comes your way, when the pressure of the family comes your way, are you truly trusting Him? That all of your hope is in Him? That you're looking to Him for all the decisions or are you still making them yourself? I shared this little comment with the youth I don't know how many times. Is to trust God with every decision in your life, even to the point of buying a coffee maker. And the reason why I put that back as a little background history, I love coffee if you didn't know. I have a, a whole coffee bar in my house. I got the single drip. I've got the big normal size coffee pot. I've got the espresso machines with all that works. I love my coffee. And to me... That it wouldn't be a problem if I had the money to run out and buy a coffee pot that costs $600. It wouldn't bother me one bit because I would use it. But how many knows it's not always wise to throw $600 on a coffee maker? <laughs> because I may be looking at the here and now, yeah, I got the 600 bucks, but God knows what's coming on along that I can't see. And am I really trusting God with this 600 bucks because there may be a flat tire or, or head gasket go out or something like that on the vehicle? So even if you pray about a coffee maker, that's showing God that you are putting your faith.
completely and totally into Him. Asking God for everything. And I promise if you do that, you're going to see blessings upon your life. Don't mean all the finances are going to be rolling in. It means God's going to open doors for you to minister. God's going to open doors for you to be ministered to. One of the great privileges that I'm going to get to take part in in, in just a couple of weeks is I had a uh, pastor friend of mine from out of Hot Springs come up to me and he asked me if I was going to come to men's retreat down in Hot Springs, Arkansas this uh, towards the end of this month. And, and uh, I kind of looked at him. I said, I kind of would like to, but I said, I've got a lot going on up here and um, just don't know if financially if I, if I could afford it. He said, I'm not asking you about the finances part. I'm just asking, do you want to come? I said, well, I would, I would really like to because... I know spiritually I need some time to go and get recharged so I can be a better dad. And he's, he said, tell you what, you just call the district office and tell them that you talked to me and we're going to scholarship you in as a missionary because what you do there at New Beginnings is as much as a missionary as anyone else. Now, I've never thought of myself as a missionary. But to have that pastor to say, you know what? You need some time to be recharged, to be ministered to, so I'm going to make sure you get that. Is a blessing. And the only stipulation he put on it is he needs me to Make sure the food trucks get into the right places. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I said, I could help you out on that. Uh, but, God, when you truly, truly put all of your hope, all of your faith, all of your trust completely into him, he's going to change your life like you never thought could possibly be changed. He will open so many doors for you that you can make a difference around the people that's around you without really saying too much. But also, he does want you to talk about him. Because like I said in the beginning, we have people that are hurting. We have families that are hurting. We have children that are hurting. And we have the answer for them. Because God can intervene. He can step in to these families, put them together, mend the broken hearts, mend the addictions, break those chains off of those families. All we have to do as a church is to step out there, pray, start interceding. You may not even know who you're praying for. Just intercede. 
you know the needs that are out there. You can watch the news at night and see the needs that is just here in Arkansas. And then you can multiply what's here in Arkansas by the rest of the United States and then the world. I have a lot, I've, I've heard people say, well, there's nothing I can do. There's always something you can do. I tell people all the time that I talk to that ask me about what I do for a living and, 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 and to say, well, I would like to help, but I don't know how I can help. I'm like, pray. Pray that God, first off, will help the ones that's already in this field. God will open more doors for people to be in this field. Also pray for you to be able to help them through prayer. And then ask God where he wants you to fit in at. We should always have to ask each other, what can I do for you? What can I do to make your life better? Because if we're truly in tune with what God is wanting us to do, he's going to place it on our hearts. He's going to send you to somebody just to say a kind word to somebody. He may put it on your heart that you need to give someone $25. He'll put it on your heart to go talk to somebody. And say, you know, this couple needs a little bit of help. Can we join forces and get that help? And I want you to catch the key word I just said. Join forces. Not expect somebody else to do it. It's time that we, as the Church of America, I'm not even talking about just New Song, I'm talking about the churches as a whole, to quit talking about the problem, trying to solve the problem, and start doing something about the problem. Because we got the number one answer. We need to share the love of Jesus Christ. Just share the love. We put it, put so much emphasis a lot of times on beating it into them and not loving it into them. We think we always have to be on the defense about our faith. And we should always be on an offense, just reaching out. Loving. Trying to make a difference. Don't argue about the small stuff. God's going to work out the small stuff. We just need to stand our ground and just keep loving. Keep inviting. Even if you get told a thousand times, no, keep asking. Will you go to church with me this week? No. Will you go to church with me this week? No. Will you go to church with me this week? No. Will you go to church with me? Okay. 
If I go, will you shut up? But at least you're doing it in love and not beating them over the head like, you need to change this, you need to change this, you need to change this. Because guess what? You're not supposed to change them. God does the changing. That's where we kind of miss the mark in the past is we think as soon as they walk in that door, we, we have the right to say, you need to quit this, you need to quit that, you need to get rid of these stuff. Now, am I saying we don't need to preach the truth? No, that's not what I'm saying. But God will give you the wisdom on how to approach things with them. And at the timing that they're willing to accept those things. That way God can change them. There's been many times through the 13 years that I served as a youth pastor that I had people come up to me and say, you need to change this about one of your youth. You need to tell your youth not to wear clothing like that. I'm like, what, you want me to tell them that and they, them never come into this door again? Lead by example. And that's what we done. Yes, we did have certain regulations when we went to camp, when we went to swimming areas. We had regulations of things they could and cannot wear. But we also done it in a loving manner. We also done it by example. For the men, anytime we went anywhere, if I expected my young men to dress a certain way, that's the way I dressed. Brittany dressed a certain way for the women. And throughout a, some passing time, they started catching on. And we didn't have that issue. But I guarantee if I would have came up to them the very first Wednesday, said, okay, if you're going to come to church here, you got uh, you can't wear this, you can't wear that. They would have went out the door and never came back. But if you allow God to give you the wisdom and the right timing to talk about the things that need to be purged out, then he will take care of it and it's going to be received a whole lot easier. From those people. And that's where the love and the wisdom come into place. And that's what God is wanting us to use. Now to tie this back in with the scriptures that we just read. You know. These high priests. They kind of fell into that rut that we do a lot of times. That, okay, we know this, or this is the way we believe that this scripture should read, and this is the way it is. And so they, they thought they had the law down to a science. Then Jesus came and changed it up just a little bit. Because they... They probably looked at the scripture talking about Sabbath that nothing is to be done. But they're still hurting people. There's still people that needs a healing. 
And Jesus loved them to give them that healing. And yes, we get tired. We get tired from our day-to-day activities, from our jobs, but we still need to be about God's business at the same time. It's just a plus in, in the job that I have. I get to do that on a daily basis anyway. I get to share about God each and every day on my job site. I don't have to worry about my boss coming in and say, you talked about God. You, you got, I don't have to worry about that as far as I know. <laughs> but, and so it's, I have that freedom. And I know with other people, it's a little bit, a little bit more strict. That's where you have to maybe step out of your job title sometime and just do a little bit of God's work. But you, Still get that relaxation that you need. I'm kind of in the same boat with that on that bus. I can't just come out and just talk about God like I do in, in the home. But there has been times I have had conversations on that bus where uh, I had a student come up to me uh, probably about a month or two ago, and they was asking about something. They said. You go to church? I said, yes, I do. Well, can you answer this question that I have? I said, I'll do my best. I said, what's the question? How do you know God's real? And because they opened that door of opportunity, I was able to just clearly just say, the reason why I know God is real is because I have allowed him to be a part of my life. And he has changed my life and he lives within my heart. And because of that, I know I was able to plant a little seed. Find those opportunities in your busy, busy schedule to be able to plant little seeds. Because this world needs it. Worship team, if you want to come back. Very simply tonight, like I said, it this, this message that I feel like God has wanted me to share is definitely is true, kind of, I mean, it, it really affects my heart. Because even though I have a little card in my part pocket that says I'm an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. I know that it's not a card that says Vincent Henry is perfect. I know it's not. I don't ever claim to be perfect. I'll be the first one to tell you I still got things to work on in my life. And I always try to warn my students, if someone says they're perfect, you better run from them. If someone ever tells you they know everything that's in the Bible, you better run. Because there's always something we can do to grow closer to God. I don't care how long you've been serving God. There's always growth that we can do.
there's always a little bit more that we can do for God. I look back over the last three years that I've been in this home and I look back and try to see if I made every opportunity I possibly could to make a a life-changing experience in this kid's life. I look over the past six years that I've had James to try to see if I've done everything I possibly could to help him grow up to be a man of God. And I know because I'm human and I make mistakes, I know I've fallen short to be a a good dad to him. And my prayer tonight is going to be, Lord, help me to be a better dad, to be a better person, to be a better leader. And one thing I want to leave you with is if you ever want to be a leader, you must be willing and must be able to follow. If you cannot follow, and if you're not willing to follow, you won't never be a leader. So I'm just going to open up the altars. You can make one right where you're at. You can come up here to the front. But I just want you to spend some time. We're, we're definitely early from normal time to get out. I just want you to spend some time tonight in God's presence, just seeking after Him. First off, that God will help you to get where you need to be. But also, begin to intercede for this community, for this country, for our world. Because time is short. Jesus will return. And what have we done to prepare the people around us for that day? How many people, not to brag, but how many people are we going to be able to take with us? Because this is the greatest adoption that ever takes place. Because everyone that wants to be a part of this family, there's plenty of room. Just because someone else comes to know Christ doesn't mean your house gets smaller. There's plenty of room for everyone. So let's pray for those people that God will begin to lay on our hearts starting tomorrow to be able to reach out to, to pray for. Even if you don't even know their names yet, you're going to pray and commit that you're going to do everything in your power to reach those people. You spend some time in prayer.